On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Martina McBride. Banger. There's so many people who are up in arms, right, about it, saying, do you up in arms? Journey. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah, there's a little ass grabbing, hair sniffing. I'm not sure what the f*** this is. I'm about to find out. This is Tall Can Audio. How's it going, everybody? Welcome inside Talkin' Audio number 790. Matt over here, Rob over there. What's going on today, man? So last week you had the your newsman voice, your news, heavy on the news. Today you got a bit of your rock and roll DJ. From racks and snacks to the best on wax, it's Matt Robinson. Uh, this, no, I'm- we get this to look forward to every week now, you critiquing what I'm, uh, <laughs> how I'm kicking not- things off. It's it, not critique. It's, it's a not critique. critiquing. No, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. A, cr- a critique is something you should stop doing. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm enjoying. It's like somebody saying, hey, you're spoiling me right here on the heels of Valentine's Day. You're spoiling me. And spoiling gives the impression that it's not deserved. Right? Well, I, I had, for the longest time, that word tied up to a whole bunch of things. Just, uh, you know, the, the term spoiled brat being thrown around maybe a little bit in my childhood. Um, right. And so, right through, right through your mid twenties, sure, and just rolling <laughs> right to it. So, uh, but yeah, that's that word always was associated with a negative for a long time for me. Right. Well, and I'm saying it still is. If you, if somebody says you're spoiling me, yeah, to me that means, yeah, you're a, you're a, you know, not deserving. I think is the thing. Yeah, Whereas for sure. If 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 you're deserving, and I'm lavishing these gifts on you. It, it's it's not spoiling you because you are completely and one hundred percent deserving. And now and I'm so uncomfortable that yeah, we've circled around and you feel that your critiques are lavishing gifts upon me. <laughs> I log in to no, get the this feedback. <laughs> yeah, well, what I'm saying is, I like it. You're changing it up. It's not the same. I'm just less it's not hungover. The same That's all, man. I'm just less yeah, hungover right? this week. <laughs> and this, this is all. I think I think what what we have here is you may be just thinking that I'm going to come on here and heap abuse and scorn on you. Mm-hmm. Not the case. Not the case, man. Mm-hmm. Not the case at all. I am. We'll see. It's early. It's... I am in 70% admiration of you. This is really. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere over 50%. That's probably right about where it is. Hey, and I want to wish you a happy man, family day. Chris. Yeah, God. And a, and, a, and a belated Valentine's Day to you, Matt. Thank you for that. I I choo, choo, choose you, <laughs> <Yes>. Matt. 
Um, I'm going first on the pints because it, it directly ties to the day after Valentine's Day as we sit here right now. All right. What do you got? Have you already cracked it? No, I have not. Uh, this is from the Five Paddles Brewing Company. Oh, what a whippy? Yep. And this is Romeo's Bleeding. Um, oh. is the name of this one. I saved it specifically for today, the day after, uh, maybe a Valentine's day gone wrong for somebody out there. Who knows? But, uh, so many, this is, uh, an Imperial stout 9%. Uh, it's kind of a chocolate and raspberry combination is what they're calling it here. So that's what I've, I'm going with It's It's Romeo's bleeding today. What's, uh, what do you got to crack over there? Well, first of all, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that you got, sorry. And I just trampled over your, uh, your can cracking. Poor anyway, it, man. This is a soft can that just kind of folded oh. open. There's no good. <laughs> that's, that's a soft can. Yeah. Right over there. Um, yeah, it's it's funny. Yesterday, while you're taking a pull on that, I took down a couple of Guinness on uh, on Valentine's Day in the afternoon, right? Sort of just kicking around. And, and again, every time I... I'm ready for love. Yes, <laughs> not too many, right? You know, but the Guinness is low in carbonation. Yep. doesn't really impede your sex. still feel sexy. Exactly. <laughs> does not in any way impede my sexiness. Um, no, it is not the be- Guinness impeding that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the personality, ladies and gentlemen. Um, look away. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it just reminds me all the time that I think, and I am a, I am a big porter guy and, and, and stout guy as you are, that I'm always searching for something that's close to a Guinness. Right. I think is really what it comes down to. And and Guinness is the, it's not trying too hard. It's not too much of anything. It's a little roasty. It's mm-hmm. a little coffee. It's a, it's smooth. It's got a fantastic head. And it just, yeah, it, it is the, it's the pinnacle. And I think, and it reminds me that every other Guinness, or stout I have, and I know there's people saying, well, I'm not an Irish stout. I'm a, Blah, you know, uh, I'm an American stout. I'm a Midwestern Wisconsin stout or whatever you want. A nice cheese stout. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. But I think at the end of the day, yeah, we're all looking for it. We're all looking for a pseudo Guinness, I believe. How is it, Matt? Fruity. Fruity. That's yep. the raspberry you're talking I about? I think so, yeah. That's what's uh, coming through here. Um, maybe not quite as thick as I would have expected for an Imperial, right? It's always got, it's seemingly just a little more body to it or something, but, uh, uh, on first pull, I don't mind it at all, but yeah, it's got a little bit more of that, uh, raspberry to it, um, before anything else. It's kind of a, that first kick is a sweet one. So, um, as we circle back around to my question again, what do you have over there that we have heard you so crisply crack into? Yeah. Um, I am also, because... On this day after Valentine's Day, you and I truly are kindred spirits. That's that is the case. I I have just poured into a pint glass. I'm going with the easy, the easy stout. Okay, which is a Prohibition era mm. stout from Walkerville out of Windsor. It's easy like Sunday morning. This is it. easy like it, holiday Monday morning. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. And so uh, I've just poured it. And it's got, well, the, the head is, the head's all right, but it's thin, nice and dark. But uh, if I have a good pull on this. Mm-hmm. I probably should have filled the air there, but uh, <laughs> it's, I might be due around here. So. Okay. You know what? That is very nice. And and it's going to come out the wrong way, but it has a bit of that. 
Yeah, and I, I don't know how to how to say it other than it's it's a bit it's a bit uh, tinny, a bit iron that that yep. sort of tastes in the back of your mouth. Okay, uh, a, bordering on a, it's it's nice, like like almost that sucking on a nickel that you'd get from a, from a from a good stout. Okay. But I, but I like it very but in much. In a good way, a good nickel. It's it, it's holding a little head, mm-hmm. and it's it's nice and dark. So to me, this is as I said, this is the easy stout from Walkerville. I've had a couple. Um, I may have had that one before. I've had some stout at a Walkerville. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. And and so I was I was the the love of my life was was good enough to pick me up an eight pack of stouts, all nice. all different. Now a couple of them I've had. She picked up the. Um, the black coal stout from railway city. Yeah. You know, that's a personal favorite. Yeah, for sure. Which she had not seen me have, but, uh, it's nice. The shinnick stout was in there, but, yep. um, but then the rest are all stuff that I have not had. And so this easy stout from, from Walkerville was in there and, uh, I'm liking it. It, to me, it's a, it's a keeper. So okay. Walkerville, that's the first beer I've ever had from them. Where did keeper you say is it Windsor? Windsor. Yeah, I thought so. Okay. That so may you have and been, your, maybe you're, I think when I was headed down to uh, to Indiana in 2019, I think at some point there in southwestern Ontario, before we crossed the border, I think we hit up an LCBO and grabbed some stuff to smuggle across to uh, so we wouldn't be stuck drinking too much of. Now I Perhaps. think, or whatever. I I actually I, maybe I told you this at the time, maybe I didn't. When we got into Michigan, we put a hard press on looking for the Strohs and couldn't find it. Oh no! You did not tell me that. Yeah, once uh, so we were going to be camping for a night in uh, in Michigan. So there was kind of a convenience store not far that was selling beer, and then something else not too far. And specifically, took a look for Strohs, which I'd never had, but uh, I know you had had multiple times on trips into Michigan. So we put a look in for it, and it just wasn't showing up. So yeah, and 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 keep in mind that um, we're talking late nineties, yeah, no, of course. Or early two thousands, Rob piling back the Strohs when he's down in Michigan. Yeah. Um, no, it was it hardly had, a search for it because I believed it, it, it was going to be a, a high end beer. It was yeah, just uh, I got to try it. That's all. But it had it had to me of all the American beers back in the day, it had it was highly drinkable. Right. right? It it had a little something to it. It was nice. I, I enjoyed it. I think you probably couldn't find the Strohs. Because if I recall, you probably had to dig through all the MAGA stuff, right? <laughs> Hats, foam fingers, T-shirts. Well, we're rolling through a trailer park on the 4th of July. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the gift shop. Now, I took a selfie for the infamous brother-in-law, uh, who's been mentioned a time or two on this show, decked out with an American flag and the Trump 2020 hat on and the just fully, I'm going to embrace this while I'm here. <laughs> and to his credit, he fired back. He's like, you never look better or smarter. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Well, and maybe, that maybe itself, true. I don't know what to do with all that, but good yeah, on well, him. I, I, I think that in itself, if he had any self-awareness <laughs> that, that, that he could unpack, he would sort of see through all that. Right. But clearly that's the beauty of, if you don't know, I can't tell you what you don't know. Right. No, it's true. Um, we are on Twitter and Instagram at TallCanAudio, Facebook.com slash TallCanAudio, and uh, whatever podcast app you might be listening on right now, you should go ahead and hit the subscribe button because clearly we're there too. So uh, check that out. On Wednesday morning, Sportsnet's Arden's Welling is going to be on. 
We are, man, we are on the verge of it. Spring training just around the corner. We got baseball coming. Um, and Arden, of course, one of the uh, the writers and reporters for Sportsnet on the uh, Blue Jays beat. So he will be joining me on Wednesday morning uh, to talk some baseball, man. Looking forward to that. And, and I am fired up for that. Like, I for, the, for that pod, for <laughs> the baseball season, right? Like, just to me, I am jonesing for the Jays season to get going, right? Yeah. I want to see... I want to see how the how the stew all comes together, right? <laughs> I, I'm I'm really super interested and and stoked for the start of the baseball season. You saw there, uh, Paxton ended up in Seattle, so one name kind of off our list that we were looking at, but uh, only eight point yeah. five million. I wonder, you know, this wasn't on the. We'll get to whatever we're going to get to, but um, eight point five million. Now he grew up a Mariners fan, so maybe with a fair deal, that's always where he was going to go. But it does make me wonder. You know, while the Jays are still dabbling around a little, looking for pitching help, if they, you know, are they up against it, right? Could they not get that high? Is this, should we read it as an indication? Okay, that's, you know, is it just that guy, or do they not have yeah. eight point seven to spend anymore? Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that to be the case, and I have nothing to back that up with, <laughs> uh, other than belief, right? I think that's a Southern BC guy. Who, who was looking for that as an option, yeah. right, to, to go there. And and I think the Jays, the Jays, maybe they weren't looking in that direction. I think maybe the injury history has been a bit of a, a red flag for them. Yeah. So, no, I don't see it as a money issue at all. But again, I have nothing in, uh, to, to base that on. Yeah, a lot of the reporters were saying that the Jays had stayed in contact with them the whole time, but it never made an actual offer. So, you know. What that means, I guess, is up for uh, for some debate, but uh, or tainted with, tainted with the Yankee stink, really. Exactly. I think is what that topic is. is with that, yeah, um, but before we launch into anything, I, I just want to. I feel compelled, and really, I do this for the listener more than <laughs> more than anything else. Um, Valentine's Day, I I thought, okay, you know what, I I, I have a I got a variety of go to air quotes big dinners in my back pocket, right? There's yep. a bunch of things I go to, but I, I I went to for the second time lobster tails, broiled lobster tails. Okay. I'm on I and I am continually underwhelmed <laughs> by the and again this is 75 bucks worth of lobster tails. Yeah. Not cheap, uh which is fine if you're gonna be great, but I, I'd rather parlay that into colossal scallops Mm -hmm. right like that is fine fine eating no muss no fuss little butter and garlic bam that bad boy is four minutes is out of the pan (laughs) yep the lobster ah man i i ate it and i'm like halfway through the uh, the night i'm like am i gonna wake up in the middle of the night (laughs) like nothing says good times and romance like the trot. This made me feel less sexy than the Guinness did. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, it did not. But I, I could not have. I, well, the aesthetics of it was fantastic, right? The lobster tails. I, I did a rice pilaf. Perfect, right? Like the the visual was all you could hope for. Right. The the dining experience, meh. Really, I think is how that goes. Hmm. I just, I, I to me, lobster. There's a reason why you have to dunk it in copious amounts yes. of butter, right? It, it is that it, 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 
it's not a it's not fantastic. I'm and maybe it's just not for me, but I am a shellfish guy. I'm a crab leg guy. I'm a scallop. I'm a shrimp. Lobster, man, man, you it's a lot of fuss. It's a lot of fuss for not much. That's that's really that's really what I gotta say. Don't do it. Good listener, go in a different direction. Unless somebody else is gonna cook it for you and shell it. Because again, I come back to who was the first person to ever eat that? Because that is one scary looking armored creature, yeah. right? And you're like, who was hungry enough to go, I'm gonna wrestle that bad boy to the ground? <laughs> you look like <laughs> dinner. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm going to crack open all that and see what I can find inside. So anyways, neither here nor there. It is, you know, we are a couple of days post and I I think, I think I'm done with it. I think it's in the back. I think it's in the rear view mirror, man. I think in terms of my, my lobster cooking and (laughs) intake. Oh, and one more thing before we carry on. So uh, listening to at least a at least a portion of of your Friday morning show. Mm-hmm. I like to take down the beers, and yes, Matt, it was I who had the Anderson. I can't a couple, be expected. To I, co- I I know <laughs> it was a fu- it was a full four days before. I I totally get I it. So. <laughs> like, because sometimes you start a sentence and you know immediately. Oh, I wish I hadn't started this sentence, but uh, I'm just gonna ride it and and see where it goes. Hope for the best. I knew it was familiar. I knew it was in the back of my head, but I'm just, I'm out here now. Let's just see. And, and whatever happens. If how, da- how dare you, Matt, who are you talking to? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> exactly. You know, really, ever- I do have control at the end of the day to have gone back and, re- but it really felt like a lot of work to go back and try to remove it. Not, so hey, hey, there no, it goes. I, I, don't, I don't blame you for that. You go less <laughs> editing for Matt. Yep. Yes. Click. Boom. Away we go. Um, <laughs> Oh, and and the good listener on the other end is saying four days ago, idiot. Rob, just, Rob just told you that four days ago. Yes, um, which I guarantee is happening because we all listen to the radio, and that's what happens, right? Yep. You hear something. I know this. Hey, that's an idiot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Rob's an idiot. Michaela's an idiot. Whoever it is, right? You're like, yep. idiot. Yep. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Why do I know more about the show than you know about the show? But the other thing was. Um, now clearly you didn't include some of your Martina McBride crooning on the show, if, which you really should have included for the good listener. Is that what it was? Martina McBride? Uh, it turned yeah. out to be Patty Loveless at the end of the day. Uh, had to go back and cause I know the song, like probably know every okay. word to it, but, uh, sure. I had mixed up the, but really what I wanted to, what I wanted to say was, and you referenced me ripping on you yeah. repeatedly. Yes. And through the years, For roughly twenty-five years now, <laughs> fifteen, yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah, whatever it's been. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's it, no. I think I think we're I think we're closing in on two decades. Yeah, anyways. no, you're right. Yeah, and and it comes down to you can listen to whatever you like. Yes, really. I can. And, and and the fact is, when you watch whether it's American Idol or you watch The Voice, you know any of these competitions. There is a shit ton of people listening to country music. Yes, there like, are. It is. It, they are the. They are the singers who you're looking at. In, in when it gets close to the final, there is always one, maybe two country singers in there, pushed forward by the dirty, unwashed <laughs> masses. So it's out there, Matt. Like I, you are. You are solidly in there. I guess so, uh, but in this weird little. 
window only. Like, cause yep. when I go home I to it. visit my parents now, I, like the station drives me crazy. Like it's all, it all sounds like the same. And, and maybe that's what non country music fans think all of it always sounded like, but you know, it is what it is. And, uh, I got a few years that I love and the rest kind of, yeah. Eh. And, and, and really, and, and you referenced on the show that there is, you know, everybody has a, you know, couple of like, even, even I have a, a couple of country. Mm-hmm. I had a, I had a super soft spot as Michaela does, obviously for Shania. Uh, that, that had I, nothing to do with her music. <laughs> honestly, this is it. The, okay. Yeah. You're, you're spot on, right? <laughs> Um, her little white shirt and her little vest. Yep. Oh, um, yeah. yeah good, good looking look. woman. The denim and denim. Denim does. Thank you, denim, for what you have done and continue to do for the female form. <laughs> I am very much a fan. <laughs> this is good stuff. Um, I, anyways, in terms of guilty pleasures, there really, there really are no. And the older I get, the more I I subscribe to the. There are no guilty pleasures. You either like that. Yep. Or you don't like that, right? And so, it's 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 totally fine, right? Like as often as I want to put on Gangnam Style, <laughs> right? Or blurred as we all lines. still do for some yeah, or some from time to time, right? Or or blurred lines by oh, Ro- yeah. by Robin Thicke, like these sorts of things. You just sort of go, I don't care, <laughs> right? Like it's 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 it makes me smile, right? It's and and so. I don't care. I don't care who knows that. It's you just let it go. At some point, uh, this would be years ago now, but um, it's carried on into the present. But one of the uh, lovely women who was kind enough to spend some time with me at, uh, (laughs) I don't know, maybe around turn of the decade or something like 2010, something like that, pointed out that maybe the reason I'm so into like rock or punk covers of pop tunes is that it lets me off the hook to enjoy that pop tune somehow, right? Like I've got all kinds of heavy covers of Taylor Swift the tunes or whatever it might be. Blind right? space. Yes. Um, all kinds of stuff like that. And I I felt attacked, but oddly understood all at the same time that yeah, yeah all right, you may have pierced <laughs> Yeah. Get out of get out of my head! You guys, that's you have to go now. Yeah, no, you, exactly. There is too much clarity here, and it's it's your version of "Country Roads" by Me First in the Gimme Gimme's yes, or whatever. Exactly. You probably have that somewhere on your. You know, I do. Of course, yeah, I do. See, this is what I'm talking about, right? So you go, yeah, I can't, I, I can't just throw the John Denver one up there, but I can, I can be excused for. Yeah, you know, if it gets a little that, balls to it, or uh, that version. And and tell me something has has the word banging or banger has that been co opted into something that I don't fully understand? Yes, it has. Also, because uh, I, I saw this go down <laughs> on Twitter, we have to have a little chat about your use of LMFAO. I think. Yeah, okay. I think you might be you might be past it, man. You might have to. You know, it's best, it's best before date is gone or yours might be like, I've never liked it. Like I, an LOL, I, I probably use too much. I almost never have been caught with an LMAO and the LMFAO is just, 
It's not. You might as well just throw down the caps lock. R O F L L M F A. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what you. That's what you replied with. Yes. I'm like, just mm. settle it out a little, chill it out a little. Well, and, and I might. Really, I probably. You wouldn't have probably heard a word at LMAO. That would have been a silent judgment. Just what is this guy doing? The LMFAO for some reason. Yeah, is, silent. He needs, silent judgment is yes. what this podcast is totally <laughs> built, totally but built upon. The LMFAO needed to be called out, man. It's. I think you got to leave that behind. Okay, well, so what's up with the what's up with the tweet that right. was in the same moment with the new Berkey thing? New Berkey was, was confused by that. I don't remember. Um, because he said you'd be great in Pittsburgh. Hashtag New Berkey, and I'm like, oh, it had something to do with you ripping on the Leafs like he had been doing earlier that night, I think, or something. Oh, like that. okay. I believe okay. was all it was. So. And I wasn't really ripping on the on the on the Leafs. Yeah. I was ripping on Leaf fans who. Oh, that's way better. <laughs> well, okay, but, uh, and my point was at that it was. The Leafs have really have they been better in the last twenty five years than they are right now? I don't even know. Yeah, like, well, it, you're you're feeling you're feeling a bit suspect on the Northern Division. Yes, I am. <laughs> like I don't know what means what at this point with no fans and weird. Not even just us, but everybody making weird moves all the time and trying to get guys off your taxi squad and in and play. Like I don't know who we're beating. I don't know who's good and who isn't yet. Like. This is part of the reason I, or the biggest part of the reason I didn't want to do the work to set up the hockey pool this year. And within like the first month, man, like half of the, the central division was shut down for a while and now it's into the, the East and you're just, you know, some nights there's 12 games going on the next night. There's one cause you got six teams in quarantine and I don't like, I'm enjoying it. I'm watching it. Whoever wins, I'm not going to be one of those guys that's throwing down the asterisk. But to me, I don't know what I'm watching in terms of who's awesome and who sucks, right? So, well, I I think, and all I was suggesting was, yeah. you you will be you will be judged against your competition. Yeah, no, for sure, because they're all doing the same thing. Like everybody's and, in the same circumstance, for sure. And, and so, in that in that regard, when there's seven teams, <clears throat> excuse me, you are looking at. At a, a division that is loaded with offensive talent, yes, right, which we have said right from the very beginning, it was going to be high scoring up here, right, it, it, especially the top six in the division in yeah. terms of the of the talent that they can that they can present up front. You are going to be full value for whatever you come across, sure. right? And so, even when you look at the at the at the North standings this morning or this afternoon, it is Toronto is a nice plus fifteen, I think, yeah. Right. And, and the, the Habs are right in behind it at a plus 13. So it, when you look at this division and you look at what's happening right now, the Leafs are in, are in fine form, right? To three losses, whatever, wherever yep. we're at. And, and, and things have all the things that I've harped on, right? Their inability to play defense, to stop the puck, right? These sorts of things have not been evident this year. Like these, this team has, has shown a a remarkable commitment to to that side of the game. Yeah, their their shots against are way down, like high scoring opportunities way down, um, things like that. They have defended better, um, or you know maybe they've just played Vancouver three times recently, and uh, you know yeah, yeah. like I I just I don't know, but uh, but but you are still talking about even even as 
as poor as Vancouver has played, and, yeah. and that's the team that you reference. Yep. They've they've been poor between the pipes. They've been poor on the back end. Yeah. Right. They still have. Like you look at that play that Quinn Hughes made last Sunday night or the night, night before, think, yeah. right? The, on Calgary when yeah. he, he he does that little pull of the, the hard fake and he pulls the puck around and yeah. you're like, woo! Like there is talent in abundance there. And so my my point was in that in that tweet only was this team is this team is doing really well, and and there seems to be this angst. In, in Leaf Nation, right? In terms of... Well, we don't know how and, to deal with this. We don't know okay, how to start. <laughs> and and, and what, I was, what I was in response to, and, and, and you sort of, you, you came in on, was, was somebody saying, when's the media going to give us our due? Well, yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this uh, is a franchise. No, you're right. But it, there's a bunch of accounts that have been tweeting and not wrongly really these side-by-side -side comparisons of uh, and chris johnston god love him he's one of my called made the mistake a week or two ago of calling the habs a juggernaut and it's been thrown in his face every morning since and the leafs are like it's it's kind of this you know well the leafs were expected to be really good so they don't get any credit and the habs were you know, there is kind of a weird angst, if you want to call it that, but just in terms of the way it's being presented, that like the Habs 10 and 2, unbelievable. The Leafs 11 and 3, can't believe they cost that third one up last night or whatever it might yeah. be, right? Well, <laughs> and, and, and all I'm saying is, is because you are a, you're in the forest. Yeah. Right, and the forest for the trees thing comes comes true. Oh, when, they definitely get more coverage. I get well, that. Well, but I'm saying if you were to pull the other six, fan bases in this country yeah well, uh, uh, the habs I, i'm not really sure because they are a, they are a sort of their own little creature all to themselves that's uh but bo both linguistically and um you know inability to focus on reality kind of thing <laughs> um but yeah you're right the leafs are the team that's expected it's like the the jack adams winner every year yes is going to go to a team who you thought was going to suck, but has somehow found its way into being stumble good. into the playoffs with right. a Vesna Where, winner suddenly. <laughs> right. Whereas your your Bruce Cassidy yeah. seems to somehow never get get any notice because yeah, that team's good and they're supposed to be good. Barry Trotz in Washington. Yeah, and so all these sorts of things, right? Whereas, and it was interesting. And I said to you before the season, oh, you know what? Spez is going to let you down this year. Spez <laughs> is going to let you down this year because you have now this expectation Spez of could him. Spez never let me down. Well, and then here <laughs> he is, man. You know, you look at the guy like he's uh, he's killing it like it's 07 again. Yep. And so, um, but yeah, you're right. The expectations are 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 damning in some ways, right? That 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 they can be both a uh, uh, a help mm -hmm. and a hindrance, right? You're like, yeah, but I'm good. And I'm playing, I'm playing well, but I'm not getting any credit, which I, and so that's all it was, was yeah, yeah, for sure. That was that guy saying, yeah, well, okay. Are, is the media going to give us our due now? <laughs> and you're like, oh, I think we all thought the team was going to win the division and they were going to be good. Like what, what do you want? It's just, do there's you, so you want much a gold star, Bobby. Is that what you want? One of the things that Burke said in his book and uh, a couple times in the media that I did think was correct, and uh, he's headed off to Pittsburgh to be the president there. I, 
I'm honestly, I'm sorry to see him go because while I disagreed with almost everything he said, I thought he was wonderfully entertaining. Like he's well spoken, passionate. Yeah, like I, I enjoyed him on the show as maybe it's not fair or unfair to him to say kind of the new Don Cherry or a new version of that. But that side of the coin, that old school hockey mentality, all these things, and I didn't agree, but I, I usually enjoyed his presentation of it. Um, did you see the last segment he did with David Amber? Uh, it was just on that, Saturday night, kind of that last to the point segment was his last kind of but, commitment. But but the week before. No, the, it was just this week. Like he came back. Oh no, I no, I did not see it then. So the only reason I bring it up is, you know, they they called him out on a couple things he'd said about the penguins and they were having a good time with it. And of course, David Amber is wrapping up the segment and uh as Berkey's kind of throwing some playful jabs back at the media now, right, that he's no longer a part of. And just before they sign off, David Amber goes, all right, Brian Burke, thank you. Uh, we'll see you in a year. I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did not see that. Fantastic, I, I, man. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. And, and those two guys, it's, it's you got Burke who looks like he's already dead. Like he's in the... <laughs> He's in the sort of Hall of Presidents at, at Disney World, right? Where you're like, hey, yeah. that guy. He's he's white faced and <laughs> whiter haired, <laughs> and you, and then you, and you couple him with Amber, and, and clearly they, they've they've tried very hard to avoid the Ron and Dawn. Yes, even though it is, they sort of tried to include them in with, you know, with Bexa and Anthony yep. Stewart and. Anthony Stewart, still, you gotta go, man. He's not this growing is, on me much. No, it's no, and and he's and he's terrible. Yeah. I I watch him every every week, and I'm like, whereas, yeah, it's and and, and anyways, yeah, that's all I gotta say about that. Well, the reason uh, I brought up the the Burke thing there, and I kind of went off on a tangent, is he's said a couple times. He said it's not that the media in Toronto is any harder than in other places. He goes, a lot of them are really fair and and some cases, you know, better than fair if you're on the management side of it. But he said, it's the number of rocks, right? If, if you're, if you've lost three in a row or something, it isn't that everyone is going to be unfair to one guy. It's that all of a sudden everyone is looking for a story and a criticism. And when rock, there's just that many more rocks being thrown around that, you kind of find yourself always ducking. And I think that's sort of been the complaint here a little bit in Toronto right now is because they're getting roasted from so many other places. Like you can't just say every day, the Leafs are playing really well, even though, you know, Saturday was their first regulation loss in 10 or whatever. So you, you got to find something to criticize a little bit. And whereas Montreal, it seems like everyone wanted them. And, and you know, from the beginning, I didn't buy into it, but they've been better than I expected they would be. But it seems like the media, because you made that prediction and because you said they were going to be so much better and everybody loved that story, you now kind of have to keep pumping the tires of it. Like that's, that's Rob Christie one-on-one. Yeah. <laughs> Back up my own argument whenever we, I can. We, and, we've heard, we, we, that, and, and that's the, if you want to throw the mini Don Cherry, I mean, Don, Don would say 10 things out of 12 wrong. Yes. But he, but he's going to bring, the I two told you it. last week, those two <laughs> things. Would can, can you run those two things over and over and over? I said this, yes. I said this. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, and I, I agree. I agree with, with Berkey on that. And, and as do you, yeah. that the, the market is so large in, in Toronto yeah. and, and the, the thirst for, other avenues different angle, of information, another story, it, something. It, 
is is hard to is hard to quench, right? And so, yeah, you have to do. There, there is a pile of attention paid to it. Yep. And so, really, that at the end of the day, that was all my sure. All I was going with, and the LMFAO. I I, I don't know if I've ever. <laughs> I I'd put it. I put it away again. You tried it out. You threw it down. I, d- I just don't know, man. Yeah, I, it was just, it was meant, it was really just meant to, to point really at. Really emphasize how hard I am laughing at your question. Yeah, well, and how ridiculous <laughs> your statement was. You know what? I, like I said, the LMAO gets the silent judgment and then you can pile the exclamation marks to it. I think would have been better than throwing the F in there. I think. Well, <laughs> and, and you know what it comes down to is, is. I have been on Twitter for five or six years, really only been on Twitter for a year, yes. right? Like since the pandemic started yep. and um, I've sort of, you know, gone on there for entertainment, for sure. information, for. Um, You're trying some it, things on still. Yeah. Well, and the thing is what I've come to a, a full year, a cl- come closing in on the anniversary of my entrance into the Twitterverse, <laughs> what what I'm left with is, I, I there's all kinds of senators' information or senators' stuff yep. on there, right? The the, the, the senators' pretty engaging Twitter, community they've got. Yeah. yeah, but there's a lot of stupid talk. No, of course there, there is, but which which is what I'm left with, yeah. right? And and you become aware of you like I I don't mind what that person's got to say, mm-hmm. but really. What it comes down to is I disagree with 90% of, of, of senators' Twitter, yeah. right? But the, the reality is I, I think 90% of every fan base's fan it is hyper, you know, sensitive to their team yes. or well, unaware like, like Let's look of, at tonight. We're sitting here Monday afternoon recording this. It's Leafs and Sens tonight. If you said to a Leaf fan, the Leafs are going to take two of three against Ottawa this week, most of them would go, yeah, that's probably about right. That's parody. That's how these things work. You know, the Leafs are the better team, but you know, that's what happens. If they lose tonight and then win the next two, we don't know that tomorrow morning, right? The media tomorrow, the (laughs) Twitter tomorrow will be on fire that yeah. I can't believe they lost to these fucking guys. That's two out of three against them this Again. year. We've lost. Yes. And whereas if it goes the other way, like they win tonight, lose Wednesday, win Thursday, or, you know, vice versa in the second. It's it just, it's a roller coaster that people are not prepared to, you know, right. take one step back and look yeah. at, right? Like yeah, t- no. leave Twitter tonight. will be on fire if they lose. Like, well, after, after the Sens beat the Leafs in the season opener, yeah, it was back to night, the opening night of the franchise, yes. right? When they beat the Habs, it was, <laughs> well, maybe Rome was built in a day. I saw that. That was hilarious. <laughs> right. And you, and you sort of got to go, Hey man, hundred foot view says, you know, that this Leaf team is, a possession team. We are not. And so that you double down on that, right? And yep. you go, they they have star power up front and we are working towards something, right? But you go, this has all the makings of three straight games of the Leafs <laughs> piling on, right? In terms of how yeah, things they may. Yeah. yeah. No, and, and so at the end of the day, both fan bases have to sort of step back <laughs> and look at it and go, 
yeah, all right. Yeah, you know what? Whatever happens here in February, right. we're, we're going to be just fine. Ottawa's not going to play make the playoffs, and Toronto was going to win the division. And you sort of go, yeah. that's how it goes. And, and so... But the, just, in any year, even outside the pan, like we've had this conversation before where, you know, if the Leafs are going to play the Sens six times or five times or whatever in a year, what does dominating look like? Like at best, maybe four and one or yeah. four, one and one, like an overtime game in there or something like it's probably more likely to be three and two. Like that's what parody is in this league and that's what they want and they want everyone. To, so you just don't sweep anybody five out of. Well, and, and, and Simmer on, on TSN 1200 was saying, he said, it's a lot like, and, and after Ottawa got shelled on their, <laughs> on their, on their road trip, right? Where they were in Winnipeg and they went to Vancouver and they went to Edmonton and yeah. Fuck man, the fifty goals in in seven <laughs> games or whatever it was, right? It was like blah, blah, blah. it yeah. was it was mind boggling, and then and then they were coming into Montreal, who at that point maybe was leading the division, maybe in first place in the NHL. Yeah, and Simmer said that's a rivalry game, right? Like at the end of the day, two franchises who doesn't matter where they are, it's like. Islanders, Rangers. Yep. Rangers can be at the top, and the Islanders can be somewhere down at the bottom, which is where pre-trots they have been since Al Arbor was coaching <laughs> them in yes. the early 80s. Um, but yet the Islanders jump up and are competitive or biting the Rangers in the ass. Yeah, there's some and emotion sure enough, to it. And... Right, and sure enough, you know, Ottawa takes two out of, you know, one of the two games and, mm-hmm. and, and is in really tight contention. Uh, I expect Toronto to win these three games. Maybe Ottawa can jump up and bite them in the ass and take one. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what Toronto has going for them right now is way too much for what Ottawa has at this moment. Right. No, so, I think so, yeah. And so doubling back to where I started this conversation with on Twitter is, yeah, I, the term I like it. Okay. No, the term, the term <laughs> banger, you go, yeah, take on me by aha. Uh-huh. That's not a banger, right? Mm, Bob, not a banger, right? Like, you know, so what, Ray, what what's a banger to you? What do you think that term means? Master of Puppets by Metallica. No, no. That's a banger. It's uh Reign of Blood by Slayer. No. That's a banger. These are the the, the cool kids now. Now first yeah, and this, this are, is are, I asked now they're you they're being sarcastic with a lot of these and it's it has just become a what a but the term banger now means club banger. So it's some sort of electronic whatever, some sort of dance. It's it's not a metal thing at all. It's a club hit is a is a banger, and okay. so the the cool kids now have taken it and it's become a bit of a meme, right? This my kids lullaby is a banger, and they throw the video in there, and you kind of laugh okay. and giggle or whatever. But th- that's become the meme of it. But banger yeah. at this point is a is a club hit. Well, and I was totally willing to open myself up to that and say I, I see this in in various places now, and you yes. go. Uh, I don't know, man. Martina it, McBride, it, banger. Like <laughs> Apache not? by the Sugar Hill Gang, <laughs> right. banger. Right? Is that good? Yes. Harlem Shuffle. Now you. Now you. Yes. Now banger. you're on the right t- track, man. But those are bangers, man. I love those. <laughs> if you want to double back to guilty pleasures, come on, man. Those are super solid. Um, as we move along here, I got a couple of questions and, and one of them has just popped up in front of me here again, um, asking if I was going to discuss it or not. Um, so I will hit on it briefly. I assume, 
uh, since it's not a real popular thing around the house, you didn't get a chance to check out UFC 258 on Saturday night. Oh, no, I did not. I, and, and, I, and I'm unaware of even... Uh... So this was Kamaru Usman and Gilbert Burns for the welterweight title. Okay. No, and I wish I did. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I, I'll be honest. Um, the question that I got here in front of me that just kind of popped up asking if I was going to talk about what I thought about the card, I thought the undercard honestly was was wicked underwhelming, right? When you spend the kind of money that you do, um, I've been happy way more often than not recently, but leading into the main event, I needed that main event to be spectacular, right? Because it, it hadn't offered much yet. I, I was looking forward to the Calvin Gastelum fight and, and to see him get a win and, um, after going through some shit was, was pretty cool. That fight was okay. Um, but really the main event when it came around, I, I was counting on it being awesome. And early on in round one, Gilbert Burns lands a couple of shots and it looks like the champs rocked and, and you kind of go, holy shit, is this, is this going to happen? But he steadies himself like, you know, like a champion. Like a champ does. Yeah. And, and so we go to the second round. And Usman does the exact same thing to Burns where you're like, oh, fuck. Like, that would have knocked out half the people in this division, probably more than that. And suddenly, like, the the the, the rounds were almost a mirror image of, you know, one guy getting rocked and the other guy just not quite being able to follow up enough to finish it. Um, of course, uh, Usman does finish it in the third round with the jab. And what was fascinating to watch there for me was... He, him kind of changing back and forth between the orthodox and the southpaw stance. And he, he just keeps landing the jab no matter which position he's in. And, and eventually it just, it was too much. And I got to tell you, watching the, watching that fight. And, and to me, Gilbert Burns was unquestionably the most qualified guy to get the, the shot. He's just not, like I said, it, he, he rocked him in the first round, but he, he just still isn't in Usman's league. And I don't know. I was talking to uh, Stephen Bunda from 1200 there that night on Twitter and just, I don't know what they're going to do with Usman next because he has wiped out this division and you're starting to see these comparisons to to GSP, but like more dominant, right? More finishing as opposed to just... GSP would win all those fights. Usman's finishing them, all of them. And I don't know what they're going to do next. I, I don't think they really want to move him up a division. He hasn't seen any, uh, shown any interest in doing that. Um, but I don't know what you do next. And he called out Jorge Masvidal, um, which was weird. Masvidal, which is the, you know, the the, the baddest motherfucker. Go, that's, you know, that's what he'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. For and, sure. And a lot of people kind of, and I was sort of one of them like, ah, like we saw that not too long ago, but Masvidal had taken that fight on like nine days notice. So he didn't have a camp. Yeah. And then he gets in there and he shatters Usman's nose, um, which I think is half of what this is about. I think Usman's pissed that he got tagged like that by this guy. And he's yeah. Like, and, and he's kind of saying, I'll give it's, you a full camp. Come take another run at me. But that's. It, it's not ahead. enough to win. No. But you pissed it's, me it's, off. It's, it, it comes. It comes down to yeah. It's not enough to win. I gotta win. In I gotta smash you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give and you a full. No yeah. I. I gotta. I'll give you a full camp against me, but I'm gonna get a full camp against you. Um. But a lot of people didn't like it. Just in turn, like Masvidal hasn't 
beaten anybody since he beat Nate Diaz. And I'm sorry, Nate Diaz was once a whatever, but it's 2021. Like that's not a, yeah. So Robert Whitaker would be one, but that's not going to sell. But he has, uh, he, since he lost the title, he's fought three top five guys and beat them all. He's probably the next guy, but it's not a sexy fight, right? Like he's not going to sell a bunch of pay-per-views. And I think Dane is punishing him a little. He did offer him Usman, but it was like the first week of January or something like that. And he said no, because his wife was about to have a kid and um, he wanted to spend the holidays with her with that happening. And he's from like Australia, New Zealand, one of those that like, there's, yeah, they're staying wherever the fight is for two weeks and isolating before they can go home, even after the fight. So he's like, I don't want to do that. And so Dane is now walking around saying completely out of context. You said he doesn't want to fight him. That's not what he said. He said he didn't want to fight him the first week of January or the third week of December, whatever it was. So yeah, the division's a mess. Yeah. I think we all understand Dana is. Yes. uh, Yeah. He is buck first guy. That's not the fight he wants to make. Right. So. Right. And so damn you, whatever you got going on flies in the face (laughs) of what's best for me. Right. And, and the organization, but yeah, the reality is everybody wants a dominant champion, but nobody wants a dominant champion, yes. right? Like you're like, I want this star. I want this person who's going to, you know, bring fans to the game and I can promote, mm-hmm. but I don't want them cleaning out the division. No. And it makes me think, if you want to go way back, it makes me think of of uh, Rich Franklin when he was the middleweight champ and 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 Anderson Silva came in and 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 dusted out. Yes. Franklin in back-to-back fights and Franklin's like, fuck that, man. <laughs> I, I, I got to go up to 205, man. I got to <laughs> I gotta fight 20 pounds heavier because there's a guy who's kicking my ass at 185, right? right? And so it, it comes down to when your best fighters are saying, all right, well, what do you want me to do, man? Yep. I can't beat that. I can't beat that guy that you're, you're stuck with. So I, I haven't seen it, but yeah, the idea that, that Burns was legit he had passed all the gatekeepers right he was in that in that neck of the woods and when you get when you get stopped when you get finished what do you what are you left with right Right. in terms of it's very rarefied thin air up there in terms of of who is in your top three and so well i think i think they're gonna go leon edwards and colby covington and and that'll be a good fight and and the winner i guess if it's not gonna be masvidal although it does look like it will be it sh- it should be one of those two guys. Like to me, Masvidal is behind all these guys. He's just a better talker, and he got a well, gift but, for the champ to call him out, right? Like he's yeah, gonna yeah, get I, another main event payday and whatever. But but the, but the other thing Masvidal does though is is Masvidal brings a fight. Yeah, he may not he may not win it, right? Like to me, he's a gamer, right? And, and so, but we just saw it, right? And he lost. Like he got fifty to forty five. Like really you're getting another crack at this like and then i guess this is maybe my greater point is just the ufc and it's always been there it's always been there in any fight game whether it's boxing or the ufc it's getting more and more or less and less about the rankings and more and more about the the headline right it's getting more and more about the marquee and i think that's dangerous because i think whitaker is the guy but they're not going to, if it wasn't him, it's Israel Adesanyos and and he's going up to middleweight to fight Jan Blauwitz next month. That's going to be awesome. Um, But it takes him out of the running at welterweight as well. So 
you know, it's just, I think it's more about what Dana can sell than it is about the, the, the actual rankings. And I think that's kind of dangerous in well, this sport, but it, it's always been there. It just seems more prominent now. Yeah. Well, th- this is a sport and we've talked about it before, which was no rounds, open the door, yes. close it behind the two guys. And when it's finished, it's finished. You can't, you can't eye gouge and kick in the groin. No, that's it. <laughs> Whatever else is, is, is free game. Right. And, and a guy we both know, um, Pete Parsons mm-hmm. writes, who writes for MMA weekly. Yep. Right. He has, he's put out a weekly article on rankings. Right. And, and he points out, um, the flaws mm-hmm. in, in the, in the ranking system that happens in you, in the UFC, right. Which is, you know, this top 15, you're like, well, and, and he, and, and to me, he does a great job of examining a bunch of different, you know, he'll, he'll hone in on, on a couple of different people and say, that guy's ranking. Yeah. Does he deserve to be ranked here in this division? Which as you've suggested to me, it's very much, this is, they're guilty of, of just sort of, well, my ranking is going to be based more on PPV sales and, yeah. and well, well, that's it. We talked a couple of weeks ago, right? They're already looking at, and it hasn't been booked, but it sounds more and more like it's going to happen. The trilogy between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor at best at this point, Conor McGregor is like number six in that division. Like, yeah. He, he just hasn't fought enough. And when he does, he keeps losing and, but he's a big name and he'll sell a butt ton of pay-per-views. So yeah, well, let's yeah. do it again, I guess. Right. Well, and this is it, right. And you say, well, we're going to run that back. Well, why, why are you going to run that back? Yeah. Dollar sign, dollar sign, <laughs> yeah. dollar sign. And that's all it is. Right. And so if at the end of the day, you say it, that's where the UFC start starts to blur the lines between mm-hmm. professional wrestling, yep. right. Where you yep. go, what what do the fans want to see? I love that guy. Okay, yeah. but that guy gets that guy gets fucking pounded every time you <laughs> run him up against a legit a legit fighter, right? Yeah. And you go, I don't. Do we want to see CM Punk again? Like, <laughs> kinda. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that's really because you want to hear the cult. Whatever. I'll watch. Yeah, yeah, I'll watch that's him on it, Raw. Exactly whatever. How that goes. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> this is what I'm saying, right, man? Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. But yeah, to, to me, don't don't give me this. You, that if if you want to become legit on that side, mm-hmm. yeah, then follow your rankings, man. Do it right. We don't need to run back the, the trilogy no. right now. Agreed. But but your but your big fear is if I if I don't do it right now, and and, and McGregor goes out and gets pounded out by X, Y, or Z, it's over. Then then it really damn killed the cash my, cow. Yeah, that's exactly right. My holy cow. Yep. Right. And you go, well, okay, let's do it now. Let's, and, and you know what? I get it. I, I get it on that front, but let's just be real about it. Right. I'm going to fight you, Matt, out at the hydro box after school. Right. Let's do it. The hype is there. You see, you see Rob's <laughs> going to fight Matt at the hydro box after school. Yeah. I, I saw that too. And, but yeah, but Matt's already beat Rob up three times. Who cares? That's good. Because Matt gets to do the post-fight editing. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, this is it, right? Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. I, I threw you that bone. And I know you did. Yeah, I was surprised. But, I'll be honest. Yeah. Okay, but that's that's because, like I said, I know theater of the some, mind, folks. It's... I know that sometimes the shit that I say just gets edited right out, and so <laughs> we're gonna go with we're gonna go with Matt here. Matt's a champ. 
three title fights on uh, 259 on the 6th of March. It's going to be a good-looking card. Amanda Nunez back in action, too, against... Um, uh, I can't even remember, Megan, but uh, Megan something, I forget her last name. But that Amanda Nunez is as big a killer as there is in the UFC. So Yeah, and Megan, your name is Megan. Let's be honest. Yeah, stop doing that. We don't like that. So <laughs> we, we don't like that at all. So uh, we'll look forward to that one on, uh, on March 6th. Um, nominees out this week for the class of 2021 at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, we take a look at this every year. I think we're probably past the point of debating, and it seems to come up often, the true rockers versus whatever else might be going on here. Jay-Z, Mary J. Blige in the or mix. Just, or just rock versus music. Sure. Um, it is what it is. It's become the Music Hall of Fame. Fair enough. What did you think of the nominees that uh, that have been thrown down this year? I think it's a pile of bullshit, Matt. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure what you're moving on. Then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the thing is, and and there's a, a variety of things going on here. Is when you look at at at, at somebody who who did the math on it, and they said there's 888 uh, inductees in the history of the of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Shit. And 7.7% of those are female. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's shitty math, right? Yeah. When you when you consider now, if you want to go with bangers and rock songs, <laughs> right? If you want to lean on that, I get it, right? This is rock and roll music, and and there's been lots of females, but how many females have there really been in the you know, if, is it 10%? Sure, in the rock and roll, yeah. but in terms of music, which is where we've clearly yeah. strayed, man, eight percent is woefully low for sure, right? And so when you look at and and the article that you provided, and I'm sure you will provide to the good listener, I will. When it talks about uh, the class that inducted Stevie Nicks and yeah, the other woman is Whitney is Houston. A, uh, no, but it's, it's, it's no, cause the person was there to accept it. So, oh, okay. um, but, Whoop. but them saying, Hey, we need more women. We need more women. And, and so clearly you do at, at, at 8%. Yeah. And, and then this year you come out and there's 16 nominees, I believe. And six or seven of them are women or people of color, Yep. which is also woefully underrepresented for sure. And you go, all right. What is happening here, man? Have could you could you be less transparent, <laughs> right? Just in terms of your, yeah, we fucked up. You know, we haven't really looked at people of color. Or we haven't looked at women. And then now you go, wow, we got to put half. Blam! Here gotta, they are. Here's all yeah, of them. This is exactly right. We got to do half. Half of this list has to be one of those things. And so at that point you're like, could you not just increase slowly? Like, could it, could it not be this tidal wave, which makes you look like doofuses? Yeah. What, what do you make then of, because you're right. It does seem like they're trying to make up for lost time all in one year. And I don't know what the right way to make up for it is, but like who, 
if this is now just the music hall of fame, it, is Mary J. Blige at that level for you? Like, uh, is Jay Z? I guess, like, as a person of color, Jay Z is. Jay Z is. Yeah, Mary J. Blige is probably not a music hall of fame person for me. Yeah, yeah, right. And that's really got to do with. Uh, she was awesome in Training Day. Right. She's got a better uh, chance at an Oscar than a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Nod. And so, uh, you know, if you look at people like Tina Turner, mm-hmm. why? Uh, to me, Tina Turner is, if Stevie Nicks is a two-time Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, both with Fleetwood Mac and her, on her solo career, yeah. how is Tina Turner... That's a slam dunk, man. You've let that black woman pass you by for years. Right. Like she, honestly, she had a couple of albums that were bangers. (laughs) Bangers. And right at the top of the charts, man. Like you look, how, how is she not in there already? Like to me, that is one of those things where you go, yeah, you fucking let the ball drop. I was having a good laugh at a tweet that uh, they were talking about, you know, whether Whitney Houston should be in. And so in turn, where why is country music if this is the music hall of fame why is country music so um you know underrepresented and and this year because she's been in the news a lot i guess the the target or the person this twitter debate was over was dolly parton why isn't she in and um someone came back and said that you know Dolly is is no Whitney Houston or something like that. And the comment right underneath was Dolly wrote Whitney Houston's biggest hit. So maybe you want to just settle down with some of that. Your boys in Iron Maiden, why did why they've been eligible, I think, since oh four or oh five, it said. Oh well if it if it's twenty-five years after your first commercial yeah. release. Yeah. So that is nineteen eighty one, nineteen eighty. There you go. So yeah. Oh five. So what do you suppose it is that's keeping them out? Obviously, you're going to be a little bit biased, but there are way lesser known, way less influential bands in there. Why have they not gotten in? Hey, great question. Yeah. Great question, Matt. You're bringing it, as always. <laughs> um, like To me, that is top three influential 80s metal bands. Yeah. Like, I don't know, give, give me give me Judas Priest and then you can throw in whoever you want after that, right? In terms of 80s metal bands, yep. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why that's not a band that's already in there, right? And so I'm surprised that this is their first nominee, right? And there's a couple. Like every year there's a couple guys that I, I pull for. Last year the DMB, Dave Matthews Band, yes. got a <laughs> got a nomination and and – they did not get in, but man, that's a band. When you look at yearly touring revenues, mm-hmm. Dave Matthews is right there at the, at the top. And, and this is a band with huge longevity and huge skill and, and artistry, whatever. Um, but yeah, Iron Maiden to me is, is a rock and roll hall of fame band. I was surprised when I saw their name only because I assumed they were already in. Right. And first time, first time nominations. Right. And so to me, I don't have the list at the top of my, at hand here. Well, the only other one I wanted to ask you about would have been the Foos and like, you got to assume they're going in. That's a, that's a rock solid. Like if you look at the Foos and Jay-Z, those are automatic. Yeah. That's happening. Uh, Yeah. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, those are slam dunks, yeah. right? But if you look at at people like, and so they talked about um, Carol King, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Kate Bush, right? We'd all know running up that hill, yeah. Right, like so. But to me, I'm not sure. And, and somebody could enlighten me, but I'm not sure any of our listener and the and then the sort of the general public <laughs> yeah that, that that listens to this show is going to is going to enlighten us on Kate Bush or Carol King right is is going to tell us so much more but to me a rock and roll hall of famer as in any hall of famer uh, and you're talking Matt to a hall of famer <laughs> right here um hmm. you have to change the way your sport or your or the or music is done, yep. right? Like to me, you have to do something that is influential, and well, in that regard, Jay probably ahead of the Foo's. Like I really like the Foo Fighters, but I don't know how much they changed. They were huge, they were great, but Jay Z right. was, you know, probably more of a leader or changing the way hip hop was presented. In, you know, in terms of if that's what we're looking at is being influential, he's probably uh, but, the top of this class. But you, you would, you would have great insight, Matt, in terms of what makes a hall of famer, what makes somebody a hall of famer in sport or in music? What, what in your opinion is that? I think you've probably falls into two different classes, either like you've suggested, either you change the game somehow, or you, you know, put it into a different direction or your greatness was spread out over a longevity that is undeniable. Maybe you took something that already existed and were so great at it for a long time that, you know, it's undeniable that you belong here. I think you have to be one of those two things. Right. And, and, and I think, I think the, I think the foos have consistent. Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying the foos shouldn't get in. I'm no, just no, saying no, they no. probably I, I, I know you're not. Yeah. And, and you are a bigger, you are a bigger foos guy than I am. And, and I like the foos. Don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, but to me, Jay Z is right on the in the cusp of that. He 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 fills in in a couple of areas, right? Yep. He is a he is a collaborator, right? And that cannot be overlooked, right? Through no. that sort of late nineties. We did that mixed two- album with Lincoln Park, which was an interesting experiment, right? Mixing some of his songs in with a heavier brand. Like he wasn't afraid to experiment a little bit. I don't know. Right. Some interesting stuff he did, man. And and, and so to me, clearly early on, right. He had a bit of a soft spot for the Beyonce, but that, that (laughs) was when Beyonce moved to, to solo, right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, he was right there with that. And, and I, I just, Great performer, and, and, great producer, and, artist. And, and, you know. and Rihanna, yeah. So to me, there's so many things about Jay-Z where you go, yeah, I'm not a big rap guy. Right. I, I do I, I do like a little bit of, uh, you know, Kanye and Jay-Z, you know, little Otis. I, I, <laughs> I, I got that. That's another, that's another, I, I, that's another guilty yeah, pleasure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure, man. I got that on my. Start an outboard motor or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All those sorts of things, man. I It's, and so. Yeah, what are you looking at as a Hall of Famer? Well, that's right? what always makes this debate interesting. Is it's a little and, something and different so, to everybody. And how does how does Rage not already be yeah. in the Hall in yeah. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? And so, um, and it's funny they were talking the other day. I was I don't know what I was listening to, but it was certainly audio, and they were talking about 
Limp Biscuit getting, I don't know what the award was, and and somebody from Rage Against the Machine getting up on stage and and doing the Kanye. The Kanye. I'll let you finish long, in a minute. Yeah, before Kanye was was and Taylor Swift were Kanye and Taylor Swift, right? Getting up and saying, "Fuck this guy." <laughs> Whatever's happening here, man. Fucking Fred Durst. He's a wannabe pretender, man. I'm out here. I'm a man of color, and I'm living life, and I'm recording real music. And you're like. Fuck yeah, you are. That's true, man. <laughs> what, what you're seeing right there is the real deal. Yep. And you go, Limp Biscuit. Where's Limp Biscuit now? Right. And it's, I did it all for the nookie. <laughs> oh, we all did, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and continue in some ways. Right? <laughs> right. It's, 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 it comes down to it's, it's so interesting. And, and music is, and, and I was talking about it earlier and I never got to it, but to tie it into this in rock and roll hall of fame is to me, Twitter, the, the, the greatest joy I've got out of Twitter is really from music talk, right? Like yeah. sports is very divisive and you get a pile Tribal. of troll, trolling and, and, and all the shit that goes on with that. And you can't even be impartial without sort of being a douchebag. It seems like, <laughs> like, Oh, he's a sense fan. Yep. But but music is is the one thing where people can, whatever it is, and I think back to the back to the beginning of the pandemic and the Eric Kareem. I was just gonna say, yeah, with his eighty or nineties, you know, nineties Canadian rock. alt bands or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and you sort of go, man, everybody just sort of flocks to it, and they're all like, and it's there's no. It, it, it's it's there's it's you know it's this is my guy I, I, this is my my team i'm riding trouble charger all the way yeah, to the final this four is, this is exactly right <laughs> age of electric all the way baby yeah. right and, and you sort of have that and and so to me it's the like uh, uh, um brian five or six yeah he he tweeted out on the weekend he's like hey what's your favorite queens of the stone age song mm-hmm. man there was a thousand responses to it. Right? right. And, and, and so to me, that is the beauty of, uh, and it's, it's, Hey man, it's this, I love this. So this is how I feel. And it's not, it doesn't have this. You suck. Right. It's, it's like, this is what it's I not love. not my song versus your song. Right. right. It's, it's like, to- it's like, Hey man, we both love Queens of the stone age. And you know, you like, you know, make it with you, but I like, you know, you may think I ain't worth a buck, right? but I feel like a millionaire. <laughs> those, those sorts of things, right? A smooth sailing, whatever your deal is, it's, it's music on Twitter seems to have this inclusive, I'm going to hug the whole group. Unifying. Yeah, no, for right. sure, man. Whereas as sports is obviously divisive and as you say, tribal, which is what sports is. Yep. Right. Whereas, and, and then clearly there's politics and, and everything else, which is yeah. ev- everything is, everything is a straight troll job <laughs> and, and you sort of go, but to me, that's, that's the best part of Twitter for me is, is beer and music, Me- beer, Twitter, music, Twitter, better than hockey, Twitter. The, the, 100% man. <laughs> Uh, I guess the last thing we wanted to touch on was reports surfacing here over the last few days, and it looks like they're going to try and squeeze in at least part of an OHL season. Uh, Scott Wheeler with some of the details there and and certainly a few other places as well. Looks like a 24-game schedule in four different hubs. 
um, quarantine when you arrive in your own home market before you get to these hubs. I don't know, man. At first blush, what was your takeaway? Uh, yeah, it's super interesting, right? You're talking about the OHL. Yeah. And I, I think there's so many people who are up in arms, right, about it. I come saying, to you up in arms. Sorry. Journey. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah, there's a little ass grabbing, hair sniffing. <laughs> Not ass hair sniffing. <laughs> All right. Well, to each their own. Yeah. yeah. All right. Exactly. If you if you want to cut yourself off from a certain market, it's totally <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, yeah. People up in arms about why bother doing it? Why bother? And I, I think at the end of the day, you are looking about looking at at doing whatever you can to a keep your league front of mind. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't discount that David Branch and the OHL are looking to to keep serp, certain certain teams afloat yep certain things that at the forefront um, but you're also looking at at some of these people with their with their futures in mind right athlete development right and the, and the idea that um, there is an entry level draft out there mm-hmm for those who are eligible for the 2021 draft in the NHL. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so I got to get seen, um, I got to play, I got to, this is it, right. I got to feed the beast. Right. And so there, there is that there's all that. And then there's people who are saying, Hey man, what are you doing? Right. Like why should Michael Tomasino Come mm-hmm. back from, and I can't remember where he's playing. He's he's a Nashville product, yep, right. But he's a Generals Oshawa Generals product, and they say, well, you know, he's he's got five points in three games playing for blank, yeah, Burn or whoever, right? Like, yeah, right. Whoever the whoever the you know he is the AHL rookie point leader, right? And, and you say, leave him there, right? Sure. But the reality is, and so people are saying, why do I have to pull Tomasino back or whoever, Zegris or Blam, whoever, I'm just talking about people who are playing in the AHL and probably doing right now. Yeah. Now they have to come back. Why do I have to pull them back? Right. And you go, yeah, well, that's a Nashville fan or that's an Anaheim fan or that's a, Mm -hmm. but the reality is you go, Tomasino is, is the example we'll key in on. Yeah. And you say, yeah, okay, he's a drafted guy, but but he is not drafted without the OHL. Nope. And likewise, the OHL depends on the Tomasinos of the world, right? Which is, if he wasn't playing in the NHL at his age, he's coming back to Oshawa. Yep. And he is plus, plus, plus superstar and and driving this franchise, right? For sure. Marco Ro- Marco Rossi, right? If he's not playing for Minnesota, he can't go back, or maybe he can. He's a bad example. Yeah, the Euros are right as story, as, yeah. as a as a as a Euro, but 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 this idea that the OHL is depending on producing future stars, Tavares. You know, sure. Stamkos, all these sorts of guys. But if they're not making the NHL, the 
the OHL is 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 selling a pile of tickets. Yeah. No, I on bringing these guys back. Yeah. And so, with the usual caveat out of the way, for me, I don't think any of these leagues should be playing. If we're doing yep. it, you know, they're. I guess I it has to be for player development because they don't really have a TV deal, and you can't sell tickets to fans, so nobody's gonna watch that. I assume they'll get more TV than they usually do. And and most a lot of these teams have like their local, you know, Rogers Ten or whatever it might be. You can watch yep. the Jennies play the Peets tonight or whatever it might be. So you might have some of that going on, but there's not much money to be made. And so by the time you bubble and do all this, it it has to be about development, getting guys ready, getting some games. There's been a bunch of talk that maybe the 2021 NHL entry draft won't take place until next year. So in theory, in June 2022, we'll have one weekend where all the 2021 kids will be drafted so that they can go play somewhere else. And instead of getting drafted at 18, they'll get drafted at 19. But in theory, they'll have another year to go play and and be scouted and show what they can actually do. Um, and then a separate weekend for the normal 2022 draft. That's on the table. One of the other things not getting talked about is a huge number of these kids don't make the NHL. And they get experience out of it. And they get, if if you play a certain number of games in the CHL, you get a huge portion of your university paid for afterwards. And so there's kids depending on that, right? Like I always thought I'd play two or three years in the OHL. I know I'm not making the pros, but I'll go to school afterwards. You have to reach a certain number of games to get to that. And so... Schoolboy packages. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously that's going to have to be adjusted, but you show up and you play um, to get some of those games in and, and get credit for being able to go to school afterwards. I think there's reasons to do it in a world where we're playing sports anyway, but I think a big part of it is just trying to crown a Memorial Cup champion, right? Get that part done. I don't know if the Q's back playing yet. Did they come back at the beginning of January? Well, I, I look I look at a couple of articles and there's one that was saying that they are at 150 games played. So they are they, they at like the beginning of December, didn't they just shut it all down and say we'll see you in January? Well, they they were having a pile of problems. Yeah, no, for right? sure. <laughs> in terms of but it's it yeah, I I think the the, the dub is on the way. They're looking yep. for an early March yep. sort of. They're on track for a late February, early March re-entry. Um, yeah, and, and the thing is, as you say and have touched on, that there was a, a pile of people who were concerned about, well, what, you're going to take these kids away for from their education for 24 games when most of them will never play in yep. the NHL? And, and And the reality is, as you've touched on, yeah, for some of them, yeah, if I play four years of junior, man, that translates into four years of university yeah. paid for me. Yep. Right. Or I'm going to play in the Bundesliga, or I'm going to play in the Swiss League, or I'm going to play maybe the ECHL, AHL. Sure. As I, as I continue to pursue my goal, 
that is, that is the highest I make it. But there's so many more levels. And, and, and in this day and age of the pandemic, when you look at everybody taking online learning, mm-hmm. it, there's already a pile of people who aren't in class. So I, I find the idea that you're going to get outraged about somebody's post-secondary or, or secondary school, sorry, yeah, and go, well, their, their education is paramount. Well, man, we are in a time when 25% of people are already learning distantly yeah. or and online. Half, and some of these guys are doing this to further their education. Right? Yeah. So. And, and so at the end of the day, you go, if I can get in whatever X number of games, as you've said, meet the threshold or, or, and, and you got to know that, that this will be altered or yes. grandfathered in this year, in this special year. And 20 go, well, games uh, will be equivalent to 52 or something. Right. Like that. There was only 24 games available to me. So yeah. that has to be the equivalent of blam. And so for a lot of people, this will be important yeah. for their schoolboy packages, right? Which was the idea that all those people who were concerned that their kids weren't going to go the NCAA route and that they were going to lose out on an education. If they weren't going to make the NHL, they were going to be screwed. You know, the OHL came up with this idea that for X number of games or years played in the OHL, you would get X number of years paid for in post-secondary, which is, which is huge. It's not a bad trade-off, honestly. Which is, which is a way that the OHL says, yeah, all right, man, if you're going to play three years for us, you're selling tickets. You're a good enough player. I'm willing to pay fifteen thousand bucks for your or twenty thousand bucks for you to do three years of sure. of university, yeah. right? And and playing for you know UNB, right? Who has who has this program, University of Brunswick? Yeah, that's loaded down with former major junior players. Yeah, you players, get to keep playing right? when you get there. Yeah, <laughs> right. And you go, yeah, man. And and I can reach a certain level. And and. And the CIS or U Sports, whatever you want to call it, has reached a level now where it's very good hockey. Yeah, it is. Right. And, and, and say, if that's a springboard into me playing, making an AHL team, if that's a springboard into me playing in the DEL, if that's a springboard into me playing in the Swiss League, whatever that is. Sure. If I can, if I can parlay this into 80,000 euros a year, mm-hmm. hello. And an education. It's not bad, right? Like, well, and this and this is it, right? And so, the NHL is not always the goal for every major junior player, right? Right. And so, I don't believe for one second that anybody whose education is their focus, right? Any of these academic players of the year, right? Who you go, know, okay, that guy is he's a he's a forty point OHL player, right? but he's an A plus student or an A student, whatever. And you go, that guy's going to have his university paid for. And he goes, I'm going to take a shot and I'm going to play in the ECHL or the HL or in in Europe. Uh, That's a, that's a real avenue for these people. Right. So, and then at the top end you go, all right, 24 games plus mem cup action for your top end junior players live up to your TV contracts, all these things. And and, and whenever the draft is, you go, I need to have more tape on. Yes. You know, on Clark here in Ottawa. The NHL wants this, right? Like they, they want to see these guys. The draft. If you, if you have a draft this June, even with a 24 game OHL season, you're flying blind, right? Like you similar to what I said off the top of the show. 
I don't know what I'm looking at, right? So uh, obviously get 24 games in at least so you can get a look at everybody and, and see something. But to draft right now in June, I, man, it's dicey, right? They want to see these kids play. And I, I don't think it's a terrible idea to push this year's draft. And the PA will have uh, something to say about it because in theory you're denying jobs, right? You, all these people who would have come into the PA um, this July now won't. Um, but to me, it makes far more sense to push this back a year. And for years and years and years, it was a 19-year-old draft. It was a 20-year-old draft. <laughs> for one year, go, here's what we're going to do. Everybody go and play. Now, it starts to bottleneck things, right? Like the 16 or 17-year-old that might have made the Jennies next September has suddenly got a bunch of overagers hanging around that maybe wouldn't have still been there. Um, but to me, that makes more sense than... Well, that, that guy's going to play for either the Tier 2 Junior A team or the Junior yeah. B team in the area, right? Sure. Whoever feeds, whoever feeds the association, yeah. right? In, in terms of that's not going to really... It comes down to, I, I think you're going to see two drafts, right? I, I think in terms of the idea that there's going to be some sort of, you know, post-World Junior sure. af- after everything's wrapped up. I, I, I think the idea that, that players are going to stand in the way of, you know, the next wave of players. Yeah, is, defend your 38-year-old who's not going to get pushed out by a 19-year-old at camp in September. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it ain't happening, right? And so no. to me, there there's... I want to see it. I want to see it. If you can run, and and as you've said, you know, we're already looking at a spot where, you know, why run any of these leagues? Yep. Right. But we've already decided. We've already decided, Matt, that that's yep that that's happening. Right. And so well, the only difference being these are unpaid teenagers. You know, for sure, for sure. But some of them are saying. Yeah, man, I'm a, I'm about to get paid. Yeah, and, no, this is how I'm gonna get paid. <laughs> like, and, and so there's there's a, there's a pile that there is that. Oh yeah, no, there's open, levels. Yeah, open and available to a bunch of people, and yep. so, um, it's gonna happen in one way or the other, right? Sure they they like want to have an OHL champion, they want to have a Memorial Cup champion, and they want as much tape as they can possibly get on all these guys, and. And I'm leaning towards, yeah, I want to see it. I, I but at the end of the day, yeah, I, I certainly understand we're in a, we're still in the in the throes of a pandemic. <laughs> and 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 if they can make it work and if there can be hub cities, which is they're talking about maybe four hub cities, which yeah. seems like a lot. Would you just play but, in division, I guess, right? Like well, and 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 the idea was, and I I took a quick look around, right, in terms of OHL hub cities, and they kept wanting to say to me, "Do you mean NHL hub cities?" And I'm like, "No, no man, I, I don't." <laughs> did I put the N in or did I put the O in? Don't tell me what I want. Um, you know, when Kingston is saying, "Hey, man, we could be a great hub city," and and Kitchener is saying that we'd be a great hub city, and and at the end of the day, you know, it's it's going to be what's best for. Like Sault Ste. Marie can't be hanging out up there. They got to come down. Sorry, you know, you got to go yeah. somewhere else. Um, yeah, I'll be fascinated to see how that all shakes out, right? In terms of divisionally, yeah, and and, and then go by you know east and west in that in that or conference. Let's mm-hmm. go with conference. Yep, east and west in that conference, and you go, yeah, it's fucking 
Sorry, North Bay, Sault Ste. Marie, and Sudbury, right? Yeah. Maybe we don't go by that. Maybe, you know, the Sioux's in the West. So you're like, maybe you have to be in the East this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that might be on the table because you're bringing all those American teams in as well, right? There's no cross-border stuff happening. So the divisions, the conferences, you're probably going to have to shift anyway. So, yeah, you're moving for a year. Well, and and exactly. So I I think at that point you're saying you have to do a little reconfiguring, like the NHL's done, right? I think I think the OHL will take a a solid a solid sort of lead from the NHL and say let's re let's realign, right? And at this point you say Ottawa will have Kingston, Ottawa. You bring the Sioux down. Belleville, uh, Belleville's gone. Fuck. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You bring down North Bay, you bring Sudbury, and you go. Yeah, there's five, there's five teams, and if you in sorry, if you Peterborough's got to get sucked in or whatever it happens, sure. right? And you say, but then Oshawa's got to go the other way, yeah, right? They yeah, no, you could be towards, in Hamilton or something, or right, yeah. or in into into the central, more of a central division, right? Yep. And sort of go with the GTA down to the Niagara, you know, that sort of thing, and then you go. The American divisions come in and London, Windsor, Sarnia, American yep. teams, something like that. Yep. Yeah. So, but I, I, yeah, somebody's got to pay, and and you go. I think I think the the major driving force in that is going to be uh, arenas, hotels. Yep. At that point, and you say, you know, You're where out, do you want to go? Well, well, this, but yeah, Owen Sound for sure is out, and you yeah. go. So, Sue, the Sue, you're out. Yeah. Although, at the end of the day, you go. What else where, is happening? Where, I, I wouldn't mind Oshawa getting put into the Sioux division and moving up there, right? There's no cases, well, no whatever. Well, that's, what, that's what I was going to say, man. You, yeah. At the end of the day, after you start to work it through, and you go, hmm. okay. This wouldn't be so the bad. North, there's not a pile we of... We have a New Zealand um, division I could crawl into somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And so at that point, you sort of say, they'll they'll figure it out, and they will get this 24 games in. Yeah, right? I know and, it looks like it. And, and I think the further we go down the... The slow vaccination road. Yep. Right. And and you start to get 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 the most, you know, especially the elderly population in the long-term care homes and the frontline workers, right? You get most of them done and the numbers will naturally start to start to drop. Yeah. I think we got a big nasty spike coming another before that, but Third, yeah, 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 but 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 I but I think I think but that's why they pushed this back so far. It's, well, and 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 if the OHL is looking at April, yeah, which which is super important, man. That's still six weeks down the road. It, we are looking at at the people who are most susceptible, yeah, being vaccinated first, right? And and so whatever else happens, yeah, you do start to bring the numbers down just by just by the vaccination target population. People getting back outside, the weather gets a little nicer, these yep. sorts of things. Yep. Ideally, by the time this is firing up, if we're not there yet, we're on the right path to it. So Yeah, and, be- and before you sign off, Matt, mm-hmm. the other the other thing I, I, I really wanted to look at in, in terms of this podcast is is the Vince Lombardi trophy. Yeah. And, and in People a place are upset. where... And in a place where COVID has been extinguished for at least eight months, right? <laughs> the the fine state of Florida. Oh yeah, they're doing good. Right where where honestly, after the Stanley Cup was awarded, they're like we 
COVID is a long forgotten We're thing. We're good. We've taken this down. Um, I think you look at 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 the douchebaggery that is Tom Brady. Well, so hold on. We got to set the table here because the daughter or granddaughter, I can't remember now. We'll share the article. Daughter. Of the person who built the Vince Lombardi trophy is upset. Um, during the parade, Tom Brady launched a nice pass. I believe it was right to Gronk. We've seen that a, a time or two. The trophy chucked from one boat to the next. Nice grab. She was upset. You don't understand the what this means to our family and the time and effort that my father put into this trophy and uh, i haven't slept for two nights she said i'm so upset so she's she's up in arms about the disrespect yes that that tom is showing to what her family has crafted tom's probably spent more time with his hands on that trophy than her father ever did (laughs) And, and, and i get it and there's a bunch of people who are who are who are in agreement with her right that she's she's she is not a lone voice in the wilderness, right? There's people who are like, yeah, that guy who's got every call from the refs over the, over oh, the past yeah. no, 15 I, years. I'm a big There's, fuck Tom Brady guy, but this isn't why. <laughs> and this is a guy who's cheated, who's deflated balls to get there. This is a guy who's who's benefited from pirated, you know, advanced video Oh, I'm with her 100%, man. <laughs> Tom Brady disrespects the trophy. <laughs> Tom Brady disrespects all that her family has done. Oh, I'm with her 100%. Anything to screw that guy? Yeah, not not at all, no, really. I no. just, I think that's a self-important Honestly, who just, who I'm going to be in the to, news today. The news. Yeah. I haven't slept for two days because I just I'm so upset. You're a loser, Tom. Yeah, and you're like, I don't know if there's a person probably who has more respect for the Vince Lombardi Trophy than Tom Brady. And 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 ladies and gentlemen, it's worth noting that you know, unlike the the Stanley Cup or the Grey Cup or. This is a trophy the that Memorial Cup smashed all over the ice one time. Yeah, or or, or the UEFA Championship yeah. one, which which they dropped in front of the bus and they ran over it. Like it's yeah, for sure. These things but, go through some shit, right? The Stanley right. Cup was chucked in the Ottawa Canal, or oh wait, let's just see. Let's get going. Athletes who have achieved the greatest success yeah. and and all together they're about now, to have and, a big and couple and days and they're drinking <laughs> and they're and they're partying like you don't want to know what has happened inside of some of these trophies <laughs> exactly and, and and so at the end of the day you look at it and go the Vince Lombardi trophy is made new every year right this isn't the same Vince Lombardi no, trophy no they're replicas that, yeah this is it and and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers We'll keep this trophy. If it falls to the bottom of the fucking canal or yeah. wherever they were, that's theirs. Yep. Maybe just this chill out. Just respected my your, father. Yeah. And you're like, get a grip. Yeah. Get a grip. If it was, you know, the Stanley Cup, which, you know, again. People putting their babies in it with 
full diapers and whatever. Chris Draper, Chris Draper, right? Who's taking it? Whose kids took a shit in the Stanley Cup? <laughs> exactly. People are right? drinking and, you know, out of it, or people have pitched it in the uh, the, the canal, right? Yep. And, you know, whatever else has happened. It's these are not ongoing trophies, you know, like the Stanley Cup. The rings continue to get taken off, yeah, and new ones added. But it's the same bowl at the top. It's a, no. This Vince Lombardi trophy, which let's be honest, it looks a lot like the MTV Awards or wherever it is, where <laughs> that thing with the popcorn. It's 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 very similar to that, is it not? Yes, it is. Yes, and it at is. the end of the day, you go, yeah, you're. It's a it's a like a little pillar with a football on the I top. I can't believe this drunk football team is uh, in their boat parade isn't showing more respect to. Well, and go the, away. And at the end of the day, if it's Gronk. Taking a pass from Brady, this is the most successful postseason yeah. combo ever. This trophy the, is in no danger. It'll get if caught. I, <laughs> yeah, if it's that or it's Montana to Rice, like yeah. I'm good. I'm good with this. Gronk Two leaning out sh- over the water, making the crab and falling in would have been a way better video, man. That's... For sure, but I've got it. And <laughs> yeah, he's putting exactly. it above the water, right? Yeah. He's submerged, yeah. but he's putting his hand up like, I've got this. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I think it's 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 somebody People else saying fun. I need my 15 minutes. Yep. Not even for something I've done. My dad put his heart and soul. Your fucking dad made the Avco Cup. Or your dad did <laughs> Remember that the, you piece know, of shit World Cup trophy in hockey is in 2004? Like, yeah, ugh. so don't yeah. <laughs> You know what? Your dad was blank, 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 whatever he was, and he needed a couple bucks, and he was a sculptor, and he said, I'll do that. Here, how about this? A little pillar with a ball on top. Classic. Genius <laughs> right there. No, don't give me that. So to me, uh, lady, get past yourself and move forward. We will move forward to Wednesday morning. Arden Zwelling from Sportsnet will be on the podcast talking some Blue Jays. We invite and that you- will that will be the beginning, ladies and gentlemen. Pitchers and catchers, yeah. On the way, Arden Zwelling and Matt will kick off your spring training. Can't wait, man! It's time for baseball in the midst of we've got a blizzard rolling in here tonight, I believe. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, 30, centi- 30 centimeters on the way. Can't wait for that. Uh, we can't wait for Wednesday with Arden. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at TallCanAudioFacebook.com slash TallCanAudio. We'll see you Wednesday. Peace. Now, y'all ain't got nothing else for me to drink. I'm a haul ass. No, I'm serious. I'm about to haul ass. If y'all have no better shit than this to drink. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCanAudio on your favorite podcast app.